All right. Good afternoon, New Philly. Uh, last week, I preached a message which, in which I answered the questions, should I date a non-believer and can women initiate a romantic relationship? Now, if, if these questions interest you, uh, be sure to download and listen to the MP3 from July 27th uh, when I preached at our Busan Church plant uh, in New Philly Seaside. It can be found on our podcast, Facebook page, and also on our website. Now, uh, I'm going to go on a trip to America starting tomorrow with my wife. She's going to, she's invited as a guest speaker for a retreat in the Bay Area. And I'm going to go as her supporter and intercessor. And uh, we're going to return on the August 22nd. Uh, while we're there, we're going to officiate David O. and Gina's wedding. And the day we come back, we have to officiate Sarah Wan and Sam Yu's wedding. And if you haven't heard in the past month, uh, our brother Sam Kyo and Susanna Kim got engaged in Chicago. I'll be sure to congratulate them. Uh, and also, uh, DJ uh, and DJ of our New Philly Sydney uh, church plant and also Lydia Kim from our Itaewon church plant. Uh, they did a long-distance relationship, and they just got uh, engaged a couple days ago as well. So be sure to congratulate them when you see them, if you know them. Uh, praise the Lord for the uh, wonderful marriages that are coming forth uh, from our community. Now, when I come back in late August, I'll continue uh, my sermon series on wisdom with romance. I think there's a few other topics I would like to cover. Uh, practical things like, should I make a list? Uh, what are healthy expectations? What are unreal, unrealistic ideals? Uh, I also want to cover the common myths of sexual and physical attraction that a lot of young Christians uh, struggle with and how to identify and deal with the fear of commitment. So I, I hopefully I'll, I'll touch upon all those questions uh, in the future sermons that I will do. Uh, but today, uh, I'm going to deal with some family business. Okay, I'm going to deal with some family business. So all of our campuses are watching today, uh, New Philly, Itaewon, uh, Seaside, and Sydney. Uh, welcome to the sermon. Uh, if you're ready for the word today, say, let me hear you say, yeah. yeah. I haven't done that in a while, have I? If your heart is ready, let me hear you say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to do some family business today. And if you're not a member of New Philly, it's all good. Okay, don't tune out. My prayer for you is that what I share with you will inspire and challenge you to live your life with faith, vision, and purpose. And for those who are considering joining our community, what you waiting for? Hurry up, you know. Uh, I pray this message will also uh, bless you and continue to uh, encourage you to consider joining our church family. Now, in 2008, January of 2008, I preached a message on Isaiah 43 called New Thing. So let's turn to that passage right now. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Etail on seaside, Sydney, turn to Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Come on, I want to hear some pages turning over there in Australia. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. And I'm going to read it in the ESV. Isaiah is before, I'm sorry, it's right after Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. I'm going to read this in the ESV. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him God's doing a new thing. So in January 2008, I preached on this passage. And I actually put it out a little excerpt from that message because I was reading the message. And I was like, man, this message is good. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm preach to y'all an excerpt, an adapted excerpt of that message from six years ago. All right? Y'all ready? You see, as a follower of Christ, you are a new creation. That's what the gospel of Jesus says. 
that when you come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the blood of Christ washes away all your sins and mistakes, and He makes you a new creation. Uh, when you're born again, God gives you a new life, new desires, new perspective, new priorities. And one of the things that God loves to give us is a new beginning. And you don't just get one when you're born again. The thing with God is you get a new beginning as many times as you need it. And six years ago, I talked about how every 12 months, God gives you a new year. Every seven days, you get a new week. Every 24 hours, we get a new day. God has designed our world to reflect how much he loves giving us a new beginning. God never says, my child, you made one too many mistakes. I'm all out of new beginnings. No, God never says that. He's always ready to bless us. Always ready to, to give us a new beginning. Now, in the story of the prodigal son, uh, the, pro the son, he squanders all of his wealth in wild living. And he returns to his father, famished and disgraced. And on his way, the Bible tells us that he was rehearsing his repentance speech. And it gives us like a quote of that speech. I'm sorry, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. Now he's rehearsing the speech. And on his way, the Father sees him. And the Bible, Jesus tells the story and tells us that before the son could even begin his repentance speech, the Father just smothers him with hugs and kisses. And just welcomes him back. And... And then the, the son, he tries to do his repentance speech. You know, he's very glad that the father's happy to see him. But he still tries to go into his repentance speech. And the father completely ignores the speech and throws a party for him. This is a picture that Jesus paints about God our Father. That no matter how many mistakes we make, God loves to welcome us home. God loves to give us a new beginning. Amen? He's never reluctant. He's always joyful to give us a new beginning. And now maybe you made a lot of mistakes. You've hurt people. Or you've been hurt yourself. You feel covered in shame over the, over the life you've lived. Maybe you're not proud of the current lifestyle you're living. If that's you, let me prophesy over you from Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Behold, God is doing a new thing in your life. Those in Itaewon, God is doing a new thing. I don't know who the 30 newcomers are that are packing it out over there in New Philly, Itaewon. But God's doing a new thing in your life. And also in Busan and Sydney, God's doing a new thing. <laughs> you know, the truth is, we mess up a lot. All of us need new beginnings, don't we? When I mess up in my relationships... And I get critical. I get impatient. Afterwards, I feel the, the, the Holy Spirit just grieving my heart. And I feel, I feel discouraged. I feel, I feel, I go into the prayer closet and I'll pray something like, Lord, I, I'm really sorry that I snapped at my sister. Again. It's just that, man, that refrigerator, man. Every, every, every other week, that refrigerator is filled with all kinds of mold, things growing all over it. Why can't my wife and my sister manage the refrigerator a little better? But that, that's, that's not the point, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> that did not give me the blessing to be mean to them. <clears throat> and so I'll pray, Father, forgive me. I want to be a better brother. I want to be a better husband. And then I, 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 I always end the prayer, though, with thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. And thank you for a new beginning. See, that's the healthy mindset of a mind that has been renewed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that within a, a prayer that lasts maybe a couple minutes, you begin in the place of guilt and shame. You confess your sins. And by the end of that two, three minute prayer, you're giving thanks to God. For a new beginning. You don't have to atone for your sins and mistakes to earn yourself a new beginning. No, that's playing savior for yourself. 
When you come to Jesus, he's under the impression that you're making him your savior. But a lot of Christians, we kind of try to resort back and say, Lord Jesus, I, I like to try to pay, pay you back somehow. I like to atone for these sins somehow. But no, a mind that has been renewed by the gospel understands that when you end that prayer with thanksgiving, it's a done deal. You got to absolutely believe that God gives you a new beginning. You see, when you don't believe God gives you a new beginning, the old former ways tend to have a stronghold on your life. And when you, when you keep trying and you try, try to move forward, when you make those same mistakes, you're going to feel futility, hopelessness rather than hope. You see, you as a Christian, you may make the same mistakes from your past life again and again and again. But for, for a person who's been renewed by the gospel, they understand that that doesn't touch their identity. And they also understand that no matter how many times they may repeat that mistake, when they rise back up, righteous man may fall, but seven times he'll rise again. When they rise back up, they rise up with hope. So even for the men of the house, if you looked at some, something uh, visual, visual lust, pornography, or something that you shouldn't be looking at, when you pray and confess your sin and you receive God's forgiveness, when you get back up out of that prayer, you got to believe with hope that this, this pattern is going to be permanently broken off your life. That's the mindset of a person whose mind has been renewed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, having received so many new beginnings from the Lord, one refreshing fruit of this is when you receive a lot of grace and new, new beginnings, when somebody wrongs you, you find it a little bit easier to extend grace to them and give them a new beginning. You know? You know, Judy Kim, it's a, you know, you did it again. You offended me again. But you know what? I, I, I offended God all week and I received his grace and forgiveness. So I extend a new beginning to you, Judy. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hold against you what you did to me during this mission trip. You know? When we receive grace, we're able to extend grace. Uh, and I remember six years ago, I, I made the analogy of a video game called Super Mario Brothers. For those who are a little bit older, you grew up playing Super Mario Brothers before PS4 and PS7 or whatever's out there right now. Uh, I know PS, PS4 is the newest one. I know that. I'm not, I'm playing dumb. Uh, back in the day, we used to play Super Mario Brothers. And I, I talked about Six years ago, I talked about how our Christian life is a lot like playing a video game. When you play Super Mario Brothers, no matter how many times you fail to beat a particular stage, Mario and Luigi don't look at you in the screen and be like, Hey man, you messed up again. Can you just give it up already? No. As long as you pick up that controller and you try again, you know you get a new beginning. And if we can be patient and hopeful with a video game, we can do the same for ourselves. Amen? Amen. For those who are watching, somebody, somebody here just blurted out Mario. Mario. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you're making fun of the way I talk. Who's that right there? Who said that? Who's that over here? Or Mario. Okay, I'm sorry I'm pronouncing it wrong. Anyway. Hey, pay attention to the message. Hey, you take, all your laughter is taking up all my minutes. Can you stop laughing? All right, and those who are watching, I mispronounced Mario. That's why people are laughing. Anyway. Uh, and God doesn't only love giving us a new beginning. As a follower of Christ, God says, you not only get a new beginning, you are a new creation. Now, he doesn't just give you something. He says, you are new. When I do a new thing, I, I change the very essence. I, I, I take your heart of stone and I give you a new heart. I give you new desires. You know, when a, when a person just receives Christ and they're like a baby Christian... You know, giving them kind of uh, discipline and rules, that those are actually quite helpful for a young believer. But in the long run, if that believer is continuing to just depend on and live by those rules, 
There's something that's not happening. There's no true maturity is not happening. You see, those external constraints, eventually God wants to lift them once those restraints are in your heart. Constraints are in your heart. Because what God wants to see, in the beginning, you, you, you don't do something because you think it's bad. But in the long run, you don't do something because you, God's giving you a new desire. Because you're a new creation. That's a healthy picture of Christian maturity. Is when certain things can be lifted off of your life. Certain restrictions that held helpful in the past, they're not helpful anymore because you've gotten new desires, new priorities, new perspective. And God says, you are a new creation. Now, when I preached this word six years ago, I was not a pastor. I was on full-time staff with a college ministry called Korea Campus Crusade for Christ. And uh, the church at that time was not called New Philly. It was called J-S-E-M, Jair Songdo English Ministry. Jair Songdo is the name of our Korean mother church. And E-M, you get it. And I preached this message six years ago, not fully aware, aware of what God was about to do. I ended the message by saying, 2007 is behind us, but hallelujah, 2008 is here. And it will be a year like unlike any we've seen before. Seven is a year symbolizing completion. Eight is a number symbolizing newness. And I prophesied that JSEM will not be the same after this year. And hallelujah, neither will you. So I ended the message like that. Having no idea what was to come. I remember I preached this message. And right afterwards, the room, this room right here, was abuzz with joy and excitement. And a bunch of Aussies were visiting town that day. People like uh, Herman Kim, DJ Kim, Sasha Kim. The whole Kim family was in the house. <laughs> and then none of them are related, by the way. Anyway, um, the message has stirred up something inside of them. And other people, they couldn't stop talking about it. God was doing a new thing. And a new thing that God did. Because a few weeks later, I was formally asked to step up to become the temporary lead pastor for JSEM because the lead pastor at that time was moving to Chicago. I prayed about it, and in April of that year, 2008, I took over as the new lead pastor. And after one year under my leadership, the church had changed so much through my teachings and through the outpourings of the Holy Spirit's fire that I sensed God putting Isaiah 62.2 on my heart. That passage says, you will be called by a new name. And that's when I took Isaiah 43.19, new thing, and Revelation 3.9, which is a message I preached in the beginning of 2009. Uh, and I came up, which is a letter written to the Church of Philadelphia. And I came up, came up with a new church name, New Philadelphia. People accused me of being very self-centered because that is the name of my hometown. But I had a clear conscience before God. All right. I felt like God had led me to this name. Uh, and indeed, God was doing a new thing at JSCM and gave us a new name. And it made people forget the former way of things. Because of the incredible new thing that God has done. God had done then. Uh, I was attracted to the Ezekiel 37 vision of a valley of dry bones becoming an army. I sensed that God was saying that this is a prophetic symbol, a picture of the young people in many dry and denominational churches. It's like a valley of dry bones. But that with the word of the Lord and the breath of the Almighty, the Spirit of God, that God can raise up an army from this young generation of dry, jaded people. So that vision from Ezekiel 37 became the vision of New Philadelphia Church. Now, the last time God highlighted Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 was six years ago. But around May of this year, 2014, I sensed the Lord highlighting it again. Then at the New Philly Churchwide Retreat in May, two prophecies were given that also highlighted this kind of theme. Pastor Robert Daniels, he prophesied over Aaron and myself. He said, man of God. 
God needs you to be big now because you are entering into a whole new season. Uh, and then Dr. Kirby Clements, he prophesied this. Listen to me carefully. He's giving you stewardship over a generation and a stewardship over our people that are being raised up. But he's going to give you a trust among the elders of this nation and this country. And your voices will be heard in many different places. So rejoice in this one thing. A phase has ended and a new phase has begun. <laughs> That's uh, my spiritual great-grandfather, Pastor Kirby Clements. Uh, when I heard these two prophecies, personally, it made sense to me. Because I had recently graduated from seminary. After six years of studying part-time while simultaneously leading this church. And I finally got to finish. It marked a new season. I then got formally ordained with KICAM, Korean Association of Independent Churches and Ministries. I got my ordination in April of this year. So this was new. And then I got the, uh, an informal ordination ceremony at the New Philly Retreat from my spiritual father and mother and the elders. And with this newfound freedom and availability, I was excited about leading the church in ways that I had to put on pause previously. So it was indeed a new season, a new phase for our church. But the Lord wasn't done. You may have heard this already, but in case that you didn't, a few weeks after the retreat, by the way, at the retreat, a prophecy went out about Aaron becoming pregnant. Uh, anyway, a few weeks after the retreat, Aaron and I found out that we are pregnant. So most of the church knows through the leadership and whatnot, but for those who weren't at the retreat and those who didn't hear or who were not Facebook friends with me, uh, you may have not known that, but we are pregnant. We're like in our fourth month now. The belly is beginning to pop out. And it's not last night's taco dinner. Um, and then a few weeks after we found out we were pregnant, we were forced to move out. And we actually, God's favor opened up an opportunity for us to go into a new home, a beautiful, new, spacious home. And we'll, we'll try to have a housewarming later in the month, by the way. We'll, 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 you guys can come celebrate with us. But a major new thing happened on June the 6th. You see, New Philly, we've been growing. We're at four sites. We have Emmaus Ministries at three, uh, four different college universities. We're growing, we're growing. And uh, our finances are about to hit a million dollars at the end of this year. That's a, that's a pretty big, hefty budget, you know. Uh, and I had a lot of legal concerns. Having a business background, I knew that, you know, tax laws and, and, and all these legal concerns uh, would come up. And so I brought those concerns up to uh, our mother church's head pastor, Hwang Moksanim. In Korean, Moksanim means pastor. Um, and on June 6th, after he thought about it a little bit, he invited me into his office. And after some deliberation, he gave New Philly his blessing to become independent. This is none other, for me, this is none other than the favor of God. Uh, one of my personal life verses is Psalm 84:11. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. If you're committed to walk in a way that's pleasing to him all the days of your life, the Bible promises he will not fail to bless you with good things, to bestow upon you favor and honor that you can never earn for yourself. And so when... Huang, Pastor Huang, he released his blessing for us to become independent. That was a huge deal. And then a few days later on June 10th, his wife, Samonim. Uh, Samonim is just a, it means pastor's wife in Korean. Now I have to explain these things because in Australia, we have a lot of non-Koreans that are coming out. And so it's only, and, and we have a lot of non-Koreans in here. Uh, and so it's only fair that I explain it. But our Samonim, she also blessed us to go independent. And she said, Quote, you are the hope of Korea. Be brave and expand your territory. New Philly, God's doing a new thing. I don't think you heard me. New Philly, 
God is doing a new thing. Now, I want to share that becoming an independent church was never my ambition, nor the ambition of my wife. But from early on in our ministry, various prophetically gifted people, uh, they would come through and they would prophesy that God would eventually bless us to be independent. That God would initiate this and that God would make it happen. And that not to worry, but to just trust God and His timing to bring, a, bring it about. And so that's exactly what we did. We were just continually honoring and continually serving here at our Korean Mother Church in the spirit of sonship. We just continually honored. And then this year, God is the one who is making this happen. So we are so amazed to see this day come. That God is fulfilling the prophetic words that he's spoken over us. Now, this is not just affecting Aaron and myself. This affects our entire community, including our remote locations, including our Emmaus campus ministry, including our Kingdom First Prayer Tabernacle, and including all the various ministries that are going to come out of this house. It's going to affect everything. And the Bible says in Amos 3.7, The Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. So we're so thankful that Pastor Huang and Samonim are willing to bless us to be independent. And let me tell you something right now. As I look around Korean churches, it is very rare to find examples of willing and joyful support for, from a mother church to bless a English ministry to go independent. This is very rare to find. Many Korean senior pastors are, are, you know, they see the English ministry as just a department of the education department. Just a branch of the missions department. And they don't really see it as a, as a, as a, as, you know, as its own entity. And they're, they're very rarely will bless an English ministry to do this. So you see, you hear a lot about a lot of fighting, a lot of, you know, church splits and whatnot in, in America and here in Korea as well. Uh, but God is, we are so thankful to Pastor Huang and Samarim that they're, they're so joyful and willing to support us in this way. So I think receiving this blessing certainly marks the new season and new phase that Pastor Robert Daniels and Dr. Kirby Clemens prophesied about. Amen? Now, let me tell you, we are not going anywhere, right? In the immediate future, we're not going nowhere. Okay, we want to continue to worship here. But now what we do have to look forward to is the freedom to be as big as God wants us to be. That's awesome. Because the, the, the words that have spoken over our church is that we're going to touch nations. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm excited. Now, something else that Pastor Huang and somebody blessed us with was the, was the blessing to start a building fund. Now, I brought up the possibility of New Philly outgrowing the Chaesung facilities here. And both Pastor Huang and his wife expressed that they expect us to outgrow these facilities and find ourselves another facility. I was like, oh well you could have mentioned that in the past. <laughs> so over the last couple of months I've been praying into uh starting a building fund. And I came up with something called the twenty twenty fund. Everybody say twenty twenty fund. The purpose of the 2020 fund is to raise enough funds within the next four years so that we can construct an epicenter for all of our church plants and New Philly ministries by the year 2020. Whether we take over a building or we construct one from, construct one from scratch, that we'll be able to do this by 2020. Now, this building uh, will be this, like an epicenter. And it would house our New Philly offices, Emmaus offices, MPWM offices, uh, King the First Prayer Tabernacle, Dance Studio, New Philly Ministry Training School, uh, Counseling Centers. You know, like, I mean, the sky's the limit. We, we, we really do a lot of amazing things with this facility. And I'm not sure how much it'll exactly cost to erect such a facility, but my initial estimate is that it'll at least take about 7.5 million U.S. dollars to acquire property 
and construct the essential portions of the facility. Now, let me tell you something right now. All right, I ain't going to go get all crazy with this building fund, okay? I'm, I got to see the fingerprints of God on it, even during the fundraising. If I don't see the fingerprints of God on it, I ain't going to force it. I don't want all y'all to go broke trying to build up a building fund that's going to take about 100 years to complete. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like Daniel's testimony and, and Nehemiah's testimony and Ezra's testimony of like favor, you know, where God's clear hand releases finances for us to erect such a facility. Now, uh, if it takes us a little bit longer to raise the fund, raise this money, the 2020 fund may become the 2025 fund. <laughs> All right. Hey, I thought this through already. Or the 2030 fund, right? Now, let me say, if it ain't done by 2060 and I, and I die before it's completed, I just want to apologize in advance. Uh, when I'm gone, y'all can call it whatever you want, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be with Jesus. I could care less. <laughs> but, but, but that's not what I'm expecting, okay? That's not what I'm expecting. <laughs> it's going to become the 3,000 fun. <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm expecting God to really uh, fund uh, this building fund uh, as we put, our, put forth our seed money and our offerings. I believe that God is going to meet us. Uh, more than halfway, just overflowing our cup. Uh, but I do have a commitment. We will not do this fundraising building fund indefinitely. Like, you know, we will, we'll go for it and then we'll raise the money. But if, if God is not showing up, you know, we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna kill it and we're gonna make the most of the money we do have. And then I'll just apologize and tell you I was completely wrong about what I heard from the Lord. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm, I just want to be healthy about this. Because some people, they get all crazy. They're like, we must do it. Well, I can't eat. I can't feed my family, Pastor. But like, shut up. You got not, not enough faith. <laughs> we must build the house of God. You know, and I, I'm not going to get crazy like that, okay? Uh, I believe that God is going to overflow our cup so that we have more than enough to build this worship and sending center. Now, although Moksanim said he expects us to outgrow this building and move to a bigger or move to a new one, he also expressed something that I had not heard before. He said that even if you do move, I want you to continue to oversee an EM ministry, an English ministry right here at Chair's Hongdo. Now, when I heard this, it was a brand new idea. But my spirit bore witness and said, Amen. And so I prayed into it, and right now, we are considering a church split. Okay, now I know all y'all thinking about crazy things when you think of the word church split, right? Uh, some of you may be thinking of church elders pushing, yelling at each other in the parking lot. <laughs> People taking each other to court with lawsuits. An associate pastor taking half the sheep and starting a church right down the block. You know, I don't know what you think of when you think of church split. I want to assure you that the church split that New Philly is going to initiate is going to be a blessing. Think of it as an unorthodox church planning strategy. By splitting, we're actually going to reach more people. Because in a major city like Seoul... Real estate prices are very expensive. And so we don't want to lose our soul trying to build a huge facility. And we, we can't really even do that in the next few years. And we're continuing to grow and we're outgrowing this facility. We don't want to lose our soul trying to build some huge facility. We want to, we want to make a do with what we have right now. And so we're just going to split y'all up. Just let us sink in, everybody. All right? E101, Seaside, Sydney, please pray for Hillside right now. They're in a little bit of shock. Uh, Pastor Aaron and I, this is what it's going to look like. We're going to select two-thirds of the Hillside congregation, and we're going to transplant them to start a new church in the Hongdae area under our leadership. Okay? 
New Philly Hongdae will become the new epicenter for our church offices and all of our sending activity and all of our administrative support. And eventually, New Philly Hongdae will occupy the facility that we will build with the building fund. Simultaneously, we want to choose about a hundred warriors, strong warriors, to stay here at Hillside and flourish under the new leadership, uh, under the leadership of a new campus pastor. Now, if you, when I took over JSCM, let me tell you something. There's about 90 people in the room. Okay. And after one year, the church shrank. So we were down to like, like 80, 75 people. All right. I'm not afraid to share that. Okay. I made a lot of mistakes my first year. Offended a lot of people. Now people will walk out during my sermon. Actually, that didn't happen that many times. That was a couple times. <laughs> but, uh, we shrank. But hallelujah, after we hit like 75, we bottomed off at 70, 75. Within the next second year, man, we grew. We're at like 120. And then we planted our first church in Itaewon with about 130 people. And then both churches grew instantaneously. Like the same week we started Itaewon service, we were, our attendance total was like, like 50 more people than when we were just at one, one, one place. Uh, oh man, that's going to be dirty if I kill that fly. Now, uh, New Philly Hongdae will have to rent a sanctuary space until we are able to complete the building fund. And when somebody, we talked to her about this idea, she encouraged us to rent a large theater somewhere in the city for Sunday services. And when she said that, I was like, man, that's, that's exactly what God's been putting on my heart. To rent like a wedding hall or something, any, any facility that can house us. Like, and she was like, she was like, no, that's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so as of now, we are going to search for a favorable space in Hongdae, and we plan to move when we do find that spot. Now, as all of this has been brewing, it has come to my attention from various staff and church members that the crowded conditions of our hillside sanctuary have been a challenge and a hindrance to some people. It has been affecting some people's ability to worship. They want to lift their hands, but they keep elbowing their neighbor. People who fight for these aisle seats, you know, it's like a fight every single week. You know, and the ushers are like, please sit over here. No, I want this aisle seat. Please sit here. I want this aisle seat. God bless you. Uh, there's no room. It's just, it's, you, we packed you in like sardines in here. It's like 200, like 200, I see about 270 people here. We were packed in. And the staff were like, I, didn't, I had no idea how tough it was. It was even affecting our uh, altar ministry here at the front. Because I'll be like, if you want prayer, stand up. And people will pray, stand, stand up. And I'll, I'll say some things like, the Lord is touching you these ways. And some people will start crying. You know, a lot of women will just start crying. And a couple of men will start crying. And I'll be like, all right, and uh, we're going to have some of our pastors here in the front. And we're going to pray for you. Why don't you come up here to the front so we can pray for you? And what some of our church members and staff noticed was a lot of people who are crying, you know, they, they would be crying and be like, okay, I'll come up. Okay, I'll come up. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Hey, 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 stop praying. Hey, excuse me. I mean... And you got to fight to get out to the aisle. And so a lot of people, they cry. And it's not coming out. Scared, I can't do that. And they just sit back down. So they don't, they, don't get the prayer, they don't get that prayer ministry. And so, man, when I heard this, my heart was grieved. So grieved. So, you know, we can't keep growing here at New Philly Hillside under these conditions. Also, our Sunday sin prayer meeting before the service is just way too, is unbearably crowded. So in the place of prayer, the Lord downloaded a blueprint that I had not seen before. By the way, uh, we had previously considered moving to our mother church's main sanctuary 
which holds about 550. Uh, but we uh, eliminated that idea because we would have been squeezed between two Korean services, and then there would have been no time for me to go over 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, if, if I was hitting 45 minutes, I would have more faith to move into the main sanctuary. But, you know, I haven't been doing that. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm waiting on the Lord, right? And, and so we eliminated that idea. Also, we've, we've been started video streaming our sermons. So, you know, we can't do that in the main sanctuary. We have to set up a whole new system. It'll cost a lot of money. So we eliminated that idea. Anyway, uh, on July 19th, Saturday, I was in the Sunday swim prayer room. And I was praying by myself because all these issues were heavy on my heart. And as I was praying and pouring out my heart, I found myself thinking about a new idea that I had not considered before. And it was a temporary solution for our space constraints here at Hillside. And that idea is to go multi-service. Now, personally, I'm not a fan of multi-services. Uh, and so it wouldn't be a traditional multi-service where one praise team does service one and service two and service three and, and then the pastor preaches at all of them. All right, I'm going to preach at just one service, all right? You ain't going to see me at the, at the second service. I mean, I'm just going to do one service and, and we'll hopefully raise up. It'll create vacancies for two praise teams to be raised up. But uh, we would do the church split right away and then have the two multi-service, have the services here at Hillside. And the first service will be the eventual New Philly Hongdae congregation that will be transplanted out. And then the second service will be the congregation that will stay here at Hillside and help to grow the church from 100 upwards again. So uh, I thought we can use the month of August to determine which church leaders and members are assigned to which congregation and then to implement this multi-service by the second Sunday of September. Now, I, okay, I thought of doing it later. I know it's shocking some of y'all right now, but the practical concern was for the sake of community group assignments, it would be better to implement this now rather than after the sewing season starts and then breaking up all these community groups. And so uh, I would like to move forward like this with you here at New Philly Hillside. And Itaewon, Busan, and Sydney will be praying for you. Now, um, there's different benefits and drawbacks. Uh, I will share them at another time. Uh, maybe I'll share that on my Facebook page. And you can come to my Facebook page. I'll, I'll kind of share some of the, the benefits and the challenges of either joining the first service, which will be New Philly Hongdae, or the second service, which will be New Philly Hillside. And then the question will be, who's going to be our Canvas pastor? Okay? Uh, we're figuring that out still. But I don't want you to make a decision based on who the campus pastor is. I want you to make a decision on whether God is calling you to stay or to go with the, with the transplant or to stay and build up something from scratch. Now, personally, that's what, exactly what I did when I took over. So I, I just want you to, if you end up staying here at Hillside, I want you to be very hopeful and optimistic about, about the future of this campus church plan. In fact, this, it will be like doing a new church plant with a second service. But you, you are starting with a hundred people. You know, think about New Philly, Sydney. They had to start with like 14 people. Seaside, Busan had to start with 10 people. Like literally 10 people. They didn't know nobody in Busan. And now they're at like over, almost 60 each week. Sydney started with about 14 people. New Philly Hillside, you get to, you get to start it off with a hundred people rent free. Hallelujah. All right, so, I mean, there are going to be different benefits and challenges. Uh, you can express your preference uh, as New Philly leaders. Uh, you can express your preference for the members, depending on where you are in your faith. Okay? I will honor your preference as best as I can. For New Philly leaders, you can uh, tell me your preference, but I am not going to honor it at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being real. I'm just being real. Okay, I'm going to assign you. Uh, according to the discernment that God shows me and according to the needs of the community. All right. And if I really don't like you, all right, you know where you're going, right? I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing, y'all. All love. All love. Much love. 
Love, love, I love all y'all. Uh, now back to the 2020 fund, uh, goals to raise $7.5 million. This may need to be adjusted according to land and property prices and construction and renovation costs. But for now, we're going to set the goal at $7.5 million, and we're going to adjust accordingly. Um, for everyone at each of our campuses, I want to challenge you, starting today, to begin prayerfully considering making a four-year pledge. Meaning each year, you would pledge a certain amount, and you would try to fulfill that pledge within that year. Consider making a four-year pledge to the building fund. Uh, we're not asking for you to just throw out some chump change from your wallet. I mean, this is like, we want you to look at your budget, and we want you to prayerfully consider how much you would like to give toward this building fund. And this applies to all of our church campuses, and including our Emmaus students, all right, including our sons from afar. I want you all to consider contributing to this building fund because it's going to be a blessing not only to people here in Seoul, but to the nations. And it's also going to play key roles, we believe, in North Korea and South Korea being reunified and for us having influence with some of the uh, influential leaders here in this country. So on August 24th, I'm going to make a formal challenge to all four campuses to make their pledges and to send in their first year's offering by the end of August. And if you can't, then by the end of the year. And uh, if you make a four-year pledge, we'll remind you each year around the month of August to follow through on your pledge until August of 2017. Now, if you're ready to make a pledge before August 24th, just go to our website. And starting this week, we're going to post up a link to a building fund project. And it will be a live project. So whoever pledges and gives, it will be reflected right away on the percentage of toward our goal. Uh, and so you can track the progress over the next four years. Hopefully not the f next 40 years. And praise God, two people have already donated significant amounts toward this building fund. So, uh, you know, we already got some momentum on it. Uh, and so everyone, just prayerfully consider. Uh, if we receive a humongous donation during these four years and we fulfill our goal before the four years are up, we will just immediately let everyone know and you will be able to publicly see it on our fundraising site. Uh, but keep in mind that the 7.5 million goal may be adjusted, right? Now, to avoid any shadiness and to keep our commitment toward transparency, the promise that you will have from me for the 2020 fund is that all funds will only go toward the following four costs. Land acquisition costs, like taxes, fees, and the land itself. Property costs. Construction and renovation costs. And number four, key money toward a temporary lease space for New Philly Hongdae until the building fund is complete. Those are the only four uses I will use this fund for. All right. Most pastors don't do this. Okay. I will not use the funds. All right. To throw myself a baby shower. I will not use the funds, uh, to get the car to get the car of my dreams or something like that, all right? I'm gonna, we're going to only use it for these four purposes. So God's doing a new thing here in our church. And I remember that buzz that I sensed from 2008. Well, there's a new buzz in our community right now because God is indeed doing a new thing. And Haggai 2.9 says, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. I'm telling you right now, New Philly, the best is yet to come. What God has for our community is not just for our community. But we are blessed to be a blessing to Korea, to the nations. And I believe that we are uniquely gifted and equipped as a community of globally minded leaders. You know, you go, and I'm, I'm sorry if I offend you. If you go to some suburb in West Virginia, okay, I don't think anybody's from West Virginia, right? If you go to some suburb in West Virginia and you have even a mega churches there in West Virginia, the leaders that are coming out of West Virginia don't necessarily have a global perspective. They don't have that global leadership quality. But here at New Philly, whether you're white or you're black or you're Pakistani or you're, or you're Malaysian or you're Thai, everybody, right? Everybody who's coming out to our church, you guys are different. You guys travel the world. You guys know how to cross, be cross-cultural, incarnational, missional. 
You guys have that global leadership and vision. And I believe God has given and equipped our community in that way for a purpose. So that we can be salt and light to the nations. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to close that right there. 50 minutes. Let me close in prayer right now. Father, we thank you that, God, you're doing a new thing. You're doing a new thing here in our community. You're doing a new thing here in the nation of Korea. And, Father, even from the testimonies we heard from North Korean youth at the EUC camp this past week, we know you're doing a new thing in North Korea. And the things that you whisper to us in the place of prayer, you're bringing it to pass. The things that we hope for in the place of prayer, you're bringing fulfillment for all the prophecies and promises that you've spoken. And so, Father, although in the natural, CNN does not give us any positive reports about what's happening in North Korea. The report that we hear from the inside is that there is hope for this land. You're already moving in North Korea. And Father, as a church, as a community, in different cities, in Australia and here in Korea, we want to be a church that is discipling people that have your heart for the nations, that has your compassion for North Korea, that has your hope for North Korea. We want to be a congregation filled with prisoners of hope. Those that are hopelessly hopeful. Those that no matter what they see in the natural, they are unmoved from believing the promises of God. For you're doing a new thing. And now it springs up Father, we want to perceive, we want to see and hear what you are doing in this nation and into the nations, Lord. And we want to be a remnant of your people that are positioned to release your kingdom. Wherever the enemy has brought injustice, wherever the enemy has brought bondage, Lord, we want to send forth your people to bring freedom and healing. Wherever the enemy has caused churches to become dry and denominational like a valley of dry bones, you want to send your sons and daughters who know who they are and who know who their father is to go forth to those churches and prophesy life. To prophesy forth the Spirit of God being poured out in those churches, Lord. We desire to see the church in these last days rise up to fulfill her destiny, Lord. No longer churches that are defeated. No longer churches that are living under deception. No longer churches who just have the right answers, but do do not know personally the heart of God. We want to see churches that rise up at this hour, Lord. A victorious army and a pure and radiant bride. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. We embrace the new things that you're doing on this earth, God. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, let's all rise to our feet.